The Athletic. I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Brilliant! And time, and time again. Break up the music. Charge your glass. This nation is going to dance all night. Rebooting the career of a backup Premier League goalkeeper, much maligned centre backs parachuting in from a top five league, an immobile but explosive left back, a shock call up for a man desperate to escape the vacuum between the Premier League and the Championship and a standout candidate to manage them all. Brought to your ears by The Athletic, this is Football Clichés and the future Turkish Super League eleven. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 131 of Football Clichés. I'm Adam Hurry and with me first of all is Charlie Eccleshare. Charlie, um... I got a very interesting cold call this morning. Um, it was an organisation who appeared to be drumming up interest in the National Lottery. And they, was, they were going to send an, send out randomly to people 10 free lottery tickets um, for the upcoming draw. Once we'd established that I was interested, she then asked me the follow-up question, which was, the anticipated jackpot next week is 5.2 million. And she asked me what I would spend it on. <laughs> as soon as she said 5.2 million, all my brain could think about, other than cars and houses was what footballer could I spend five point? It was such a footballery sum. Yeah. And all I could think of, and I didn't say it, well, I wish I had, Lewis Graben. That's the that's about the most five million pound footballer I could think of. <laughs> my, well, my mind instantly went to Chris Sutton, who I think went oh. for a record-breaking five million. And then you'd have 200k left. To... For my time machine to go back and sign Chris Sutton. Yeah, yeah exactly. To when he was still, to when he was still playing. Mm. I still would. I think I think it's probably still be worth five million. Yeah, still still could do a job up front and at the back. Alongside you for this very important task is Jack Pitbrook. How are you doing, Jack? Good, thanks. Interesting scenes from the Premier League this week. Graffiti has been daubed onto a wall at Goodison Park protesting against the appointment, supposed appointment, of Vitor Pereira as manager. The graffiti reads, Pereira out, Lampard in. Is this a stage we've got to? Kind of preemptive protest. You have to be fastest with this sort of stuff, do you know? I absolutely adore this. I was so happy when I saw it this morning. I don't think I... I, One, like I genuinely don't think I've seen... Fans calling for a specific manager who's not even, it's not even like a kind of get this player who we love back in. It's not like give it to Dunk till the end of the season. It's get this out of work, this particular out out of work manager in. And also, you know, to be blunt, it's doubly funny for being Frank Lampard, who, who, it is fair to say, whatever you might think of his managerial record, is not like a kind of universally loved man by the fans of teams that aren't Chelsea Mm. uh, or teams that he didn't play for or manage so as a kind of signpost of what Everton fans think of the Pereira signing it is it's just very entertaining Charlie I feel like one day this this kind of block of wall bricks and everything will be sort of torn out and put on display at a museum somewhere it's so good almost regardless of who the next two or three Everton managers are. It definitely deserves a place in the National Football Museum. It's proper proper football heritage. Yeah, yeah, it really is lovely to look at. Regardless of how this all pans out, it really is an absolute masterpiece. Before we get on to today's task, perhaps the 11 that we were destined to do 
one day. I have a very important mini adjudication panel to get through today. I have been alerted to the Keys and Grey podcast in recent weeks. So many people have said, you've got to start listening to this. And I said, I I can't do it. We do enough Keys and Grey. But episode 19, Charlie, they had a very special guest, Sam Allardyce. Uh, So I went to listen to it. In fact, in doing so, I accidentally clicked on episode 18, which began with two minutes of chat about which members of their extended families do or don't have a middle name. That's the level of <laughs> that's the level of fascinating discourse. It was almost cliches level detail. Uh, my my sister's got a middle name. My elder sister doesn't. I don't. It's genuinely fascinating. But I did finally get to episode nineteen, and I wanted I wanted to for anyone who hasn't got the time, unlike me. So they had a good twenty to twenty five minute chat with Sam Allardyce, and I wanted to I wanted to get it down to its purest essence. I tried. So I spent I spent two days editing this Jack. And I got it down to as far as two minutes. And this is as far as I could take it. I cannot trim this down any further. So all the things in your head that you might imagine that Richard Keyes, Andy Gray and Sam Allardyce would talk about over the course of 20 minutes is, is about to appear in the next two minutes. Our guest this week, Andy, a very good mate of ours, yes. someone who has been maligned to an f- enormous degree yep. down the years. Yep. He was regarded as one of the innovators. Correct. I'm really happy to say that our guest this week is Sam Allardyce. I mean, we're far too soft over here, Andy, you know what I mean? I mean, we're so soft. Players are becoming pathetic in this world. Overprotected, <laughs> over, overprotected. They're becoming overprotected babies. Sam, what would you have done with Lukaku? You see, I think Reedy would have said, listen, son, you've been an absolute dick. Andy Townsend told us a story recently, Sam. He said that uh, him and Gaza, they went to Newcastle to watch a rock concert and walked into the same hospitality box as Reedy. Reedy said to them, if you win tomorrow, I won't mention anything to Robbo. If we beat you, I'm going to tell him. (laughs) Middlesbrough beat them. (laughs) (laughs) Again, you're talking about a different era. You see, in a way, you've blazed a trail. Yeah. Keep taking clubs around about December, January, spend a few quid, deliver, and, yeah. and, and walk. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, we will. <laughs> did I hear Mrs. Allardyce just come in there, Sam? Did, did Mrs. Allardyce just step in the room? Was, was that that no, she didn't. She oh, didn't. She didn't. Right. I've never, ever subscribed to the view that either you or I or my colleague here were dinosaurs because we like our football played differently. What was it Terry Venables yeah. always said? Practice does not make perfect. It makes permanent. What is wrong with Everton Football Club? <laughs> well, how long have you got? What is wrong with Everton Football Club? You haven't got enough air time <laughs> for me to tell you what is wrong with Everton Football Club. Well, funny enough, uh, we have. <laughs> if you get the call again, November, December, you'll take another one. Oh, yes. Well, it depends who it is. When, the, when you're actively been in management as long as me you miss it you yeah. miss yeah. it a lot yeah, you know? do. So. <laughs> that was it that was it yeah uh, very we, good we do very wish good. you well do wish you well my friend thank you for thank talking you. to us thanks Sam. big man <laughs> thanks big man hopefully Bye. cheers Sam thanks, thank Sam. you take cheers. care of yourself bye Jack I want to come to you first is there anything in that two minutes that you either didn't expect or is missing nothing is missing nothing is missing I think the, the I, I mean I've got a lot of notes I think my the highlight is probably for me the role the roll call where he got Reedy Townsend Gaza Robbo in the space of about twenty seconds. Reedy, Reedy, yeah, Reedy. So that was good. I think my personal <laughs> two two other things I want to mention just because I, I want to leave a bit for Charlie. One is dinosaurs, and the other is the pause before he uses the word 
differently. Differently. Those are my highlights, although it was, uh, you know, I could have chosen another five things. And then <laughs> Charlie, what's your standout moment from that? Well, the, I mean, yeah, Reedy. Reedy. Reedy thought he was being a dick. Um, <laughs> yes. Is, is amazing. And that was a sign, I suppose, because you don't, you normally hear Keezy's language is more something like, if he thought he was being a burk, he'd tell him so. <laughs> to say dick felt mm. a bit incongruous. And it's on the podcast, it's kind of more yeah, I guess uncut, a, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is a bit, it, it, yeah, he wouldn't be saying that on BN, would he? The only, the only I actually think in the original, the thing about uh, is that uh, is that Mrs. Allardyce came in there. That goes on a little bit longer, and I know you've got such a short amount of time to play with. He really labours that, and Big Sam is clearly getting a bit uncomfortable. Keys really struggles to let that go. He's obviously quite excited by the idea um, that that is what's happened. I mean, the, the oh, I, the one bit that I love is what is wrong with Everton Football Club, <laughs> and just the variance of how long have you got? How long have you got? You can't like all days. And they're all Everton saying Everton Football Club. Yeah. Eat all three and, of them. Yeah, just how many variants on that there are. Some of the laughing bits, and I think again there were there are bits that go on longer. Just the, <laughs> mm. the at the end, the uh, the thanks Sam, thanks Sam, yeah thanks Sam, our mate as well, which is a good uh, a very good keysy. A double thanks big man, double uh, thanks big delivered man, delivered yeah. in exactly the same way, almost as if I put it in twice by mistake, but I promise I haven't. Thanks big man, thanks big man. <laughs> Um, absolutely brilliant I'm, that's how I'm going to be signing off today's episode um, the whole thing is superb and do you know what uh, my final word on this um, in doing this I thought I'm a bit worried I'm a bit worried that I'm going to misrepresent one, two or three of them in, in sort of reducing this 25 minute chat down to two minutes but I haven't I haven't at all I may have sort of taken out a few pauses but th- that really is pretty much it and uh, it's a really good chat it's not it's not as quite as hackneyed as you'd expect, Charlie. It's actually all right. Yeah, like we were saying with this, weren't we? Like we should stress that, you know, Big Sam was managing in the Premier League as recently as last season and there is some interesting stuff there. Um, but there is also a lot of very entertaining stuff. There's also a brilliant one where Gray asked him a question like, Sam, what is the state of modern football? It's something so broad. And actually even and that oh, one I gets less know. about how long have you got? Yeah, he yeah. just goes sort of in he's like, Oh, it's not great. Like it's it's such a big question, but I guess if you've got Big Sam on, you got to go to those big topics. Yeah, I think he goes into sort of talking about kids being brainwashed at that point, which is um, a little a little worrying. But uh, but yeah, I hope we've given everyone enough of a flavour if they haven't already listened to it. But our job today, Charlie and Jack, is uh, a long-awaited one. We are embarking on the future Turkish Super League Eleven, Jack. It's very important that we set the scene for this first. And we are at risk of being very flippant with this particular eleven. But I think it's important that we address the cultural significance of the Turkish Super League in our collective consciousness. Not just transfers, but sort of everything. Because where do we position the Turkish Super League? It's not a retirement home. It's not... No one's really going there for one last payday. But I also don't think that players necessarily go there to kind of restore their reputations or or burgeon their reputations in the same way that they might do in, say, the Eredivisie or something like that. So where does it sit? What's its kind of purpose, for want of a better word? So I think it's it's definitely to do with players in the second half of their careers. And money is a factor, but it's not China. It is, you know, it's a it's a competitive league which puts teams out into European football who do pretty well. So in terms of the cr- criteria for choosing these players, it's not I haven't gone for like so, so sometimes great players go to Turkey, but that's not really what we're getting at. So I know Didier mm-hmm. Drogba and Wesley Schneider went to Galatasaray, but I'm not really thinking about that. I'm thinking about players 
like very good players who were very talented, but who somehow weren't they weren't quite at the top level. They didn't quite fit with elite football as it's now go, going in Europe. So the two some classic examples I've come up with here are. Ricardo Quaresma, who had two spells yeah. at Besiktas and is now yeah. at Cash well, and Pasta. legally obliged to mention Ricardo Quaresma every time you're on the Football yeah, Cliches podcast. always. The yeah. other is Ryan Babel, who's now in his third spell in Turkey. He, he kind of, now? He's now with Galatasaray, having previously okay. played for Cash and Pasta and Besiktas. And what I love wow. about Babel's career is that he goes to Turkey and comes back, and then goes back to Turkey and then comes back again. So it's that kind of level of player. I'm thinking talented, but not the best players in Europe and also like to an extent like big personality like because you have to go you know it's tough you're going to get screamed at by fans it's not Mm -hmm. you know what I imagine is a relatively you know with all due respect a relatively gentler life playing for Vancouver Whitecaps for example if you're playing for Galatasaray you're really in the thick of it like it's tough so Mm personality is a big factor as well and that's kind of how I've how I've tried to line up these players. Okay, nice start, nice start. Because I mean, I was I was going to try and suggest kind of a tier for this sort of thing and talk about sort of second tier continental footballers, but I don't think second tier does anybody justice here. I don't think it's it's in between the cracks for a start. But Charlie, think about the, the Turkish league historically over the sort of last fifteen years or so. It's a very open minded importation policy they've got. There's no kind of necessary kind of stockpiling of Brazilians as you might see mm. elsewhere in Europe. You're just as likely to see a Nigerian forward as you are an Argentine playmaker or Swedish centre-half. And when I delved into the numbers here, players from 123 countries have played in the Turkish Super League compared to 113 in the Premier League. It's a ve- And it's a very even spread, except, admittedly, when you do get down to the Brazilian section, they, Wikipedia has to then split it into letter-coded, <laughs> alphabetized sections, <laughs> um, which says a lot. But even then... It's a very nice even spread. So I think this is actually a really good case study and a fascinating thing for us to be digging into, I think. And that's a very comprehensive intro Jack's given. I think they can be uh, a stepping stone to that kind of big payday. So I think often once a player's gone to the Turkish Super League, if they're at that kind of 28-29 period, you're thinking, okay, well, either they'll bounce back to one of the big five leagues or quite possibly depending on who they are this could be a stepping stone to the Middle East or to China to one of those leagues you know they've kind of made that step down and it feels like that might be the direction uh, their career is heading in and I've you know I've got a few players in that category a few of the more sort of yeah mercurial very talented who you know maybe they can go and be a bit more of a maverick or in their minds anyway they can go and be a bit more of a maverick there yeah charisma was one who instantly came to my mind and then yeah there are one or two in here who definitely fit the cat you know always what we the gold standard for these is ones where you cannot believe they haven't done the thing that we're talking about yes Um, that's That's, always that's the sweet spot we're looking for absolutely yeah and and whilst there is a kind of cultural footballing significance at play here with all due respect to all of that the point of this is to turn the mirror on ourselves and everybody's preconceptions of, of European football. So um, we're all kind of guilty here at the same time. An, an interesting kind of snapshot of what we're looking at. James Horncastle has written um, a piece on Mario Balotelli's recall for Italy. Balotelli is um, a Dharma Demir spore of the Super League at the moment. And uh, he, Horncastle re- uh, describes the Super League as a decadent live action reenactment of Premier League years, <laughs> which, <laughs> um, which I think sums it up very nicely and, and is an element of what we're looking for here, Charlie. Yeah, and obviously we will have a bias because I'm sure with you guys, well, a lot of these guys are 
Premier League either past or present who it feels like um, they've they've either had their moment in the Premier League or they will soon have had their moment and um, yeah I think there is quite a lot of crossover because also like you said there is that that kind of passion element to the Turkish Super League so there there are quite a few kind of gritty defensive midfielders who I felt as well as all those playmakers who you thought could kind of slot in 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 a tough Istanbul derby have you seen who plays with Balotelli for Adana Demispor. I had so, I, I squealed with pleasure when I was checking this out on Soccer Base <laughs> yesterday. It's the most astonishing list of players. So even before Go you get it. to head coach Vincenzo Montella, you've got <laughs> Gurkhan Inla, former Manchester mm. City goalkeeper Aaron Muric, Tottenham Hotspur legend Benjamin Stambouli, <laughs> former French wonder kid Yunus Balanda, and best mm. of all, Nottingham Forest and Middlesbrough legend Brit Asombolonga. I was astonished by this. I didn't Just know this. Just incredible um, scenes. Yeah, eight-goal Brit Asombolonga, no less. Before we get stuck into our essentially what is a fantasy eleven, let's deal with the reality of this. Um, Jack, you're right to point out where we stand at the moment because the Turkish Super League is in a state of flux. Your Galatasarays of this world are three points clear of the relegation zone. So it's, it's, all, it's all up for grabs in, in Turkey at the moment. But I'm looking at the list of top scorers this season. Charlie Mishibatshwai with nine. Mm. Stefano Akaka with nine. Yeah. Brita Sombolonga with eight. Mami Biram Diouf for Hatayspor has eight. Balotelli down there as well. The real heads though head for the assists column on Wikipedia for this season where you'll find Max Gradle and Enna Valencia. Enna Valencia. Enna Valencia. Valencia. Hell? I couldn't guess how old he is. I could we not guess. hardly knew ye. Can I try and guess? Yeah, go on. Well, 28 or 29? 28 or 29 is always the most comfortable guess. He's actually 32. Really? Yeah. God, so he was old when he uh, yeah. he joined West Ham. Yeah. I mean, or older than I thought, anyway. Absolute madness. Okay, so before we get stuck into the details, our listeners have given a nice, their little overviews of what we might expect. Tony Tett says, any of the current Watford squad. Duncan says, Eric Bailly nailed on for a spell at one of the big three Istanbul clubs in the future, alongside Granit Xhaka and Alexander Mitrovic. H has given us his entire lineup, Jack. Cruel, Semedo, Shah, Ogbonna, Simikas, Gross, Sissoko, Douglas Louise, Yarmolenko, Lacazette, Rashika. Is is I mean, without getting into the nuts and bolts of that, is that the vibe we're after? I think I've gone slightly higher end actually, hearing that. Fine. Mm. Yeah, don't be worried about going elite. And you you mentioned your reservations about this at the start. Don't worry about that too much. This is a, this is a fairly open book. But the final thing to address before we do this, how can we not mention the Turkish Airport Welcome. Jack Pitbrook, if I mention to you the words Turkish Airport Welcome, whose name pops up straight away? Put your hands in the air, Vassell is here, as the <laughs> banners of thousands of Ankara Juku fans said when he joined them from Manchester City. The archetype of the Turkish Airport Welcome, from his book Road to Persia, this is what Vassell had to say about it. It was the kind of reception you would have expected for a world leader, someone like Nelson Mandela or a rock star, not an English footballer visiting a Turkish football club. To play us in to our Turkish Super League 11, let's hear Deraz Vassell arriving to sign for Ankara Gucu in 2009. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
tried to get the firework in there at the end, Charlie, but the <laughs> syllables just about work. Fair play to them. Right, let's begin. Um, as with many of our 11s, the formation is an, is an inflexible 4-3-3, and I won't hear anything against it. It's the most adventurous way to go. Let's start with our goalkeepers. Charlie, I'll start you off. Kepa Aretha Balaga. Loris Karius again. Bert Leno. Well, I've got one who I think who I think is a, a real a good one because I, I was sure he must have played at some point, and that is Asmir Begovic, who is not quite as elite as some of the players I've gone for, but he just feels so right. He's actually played in Azerbaijan, which I guess in my head was probably when I thought he'd made that step to Turkey. Begovic. At the age of 34, I fear for Begovic getting stuck into that kind of sort of backup goalkeeper role, Jack. I fear that might rule him out. But at the age of 34, maybe he's still got a few years left in him. Years left in him. He's a good shout. Yeah, I kind of feel like at this point, it's almost like a for older goalkeepers, it's almost like a lifestyle choice, isn't it? It's do you want to go, do you want to be the number two in Premier League teams or do you want to go and keep playing football in a very different environment? The one I went for, who's also a kind of long-standing number two, is Sergio Romero. Kind of been mm. around a long time, played for a lot of big teams, not played a huge amount of football in the last few years, but has some of that, you know, kind of glamour by osmosis for the teams that he has played for. So, which I think is exactly the kind of thing that if I was like sporting mm. director of Anka Rajuku or whoever, I'd say, yes, Mad former Manchester United goalkeeper Sergio Romero, that's my man. Yeah, yeah. I, I am very encouraged by that shout. I'll offer you a few more. Uh, Dan McCarthy says, Jonas Lossel. I can imagine seeing him forlornly picking <laughs> the ball out of the back of the net for a fourth time on a Tuesday tea time Champions League group game as Manchester City run riot. Um, <laughs> Isaac says, Martin Dubravka is off to Galatasaray as if he's actually announcing the news like a second tier journalist he's still got a few Premier League years left in him Charlie I would say not quite yet but if Newcastle's sights get a bit higher is it specifically now we think they could go or at some point in the future any because time some in people, the future yeah you okay, can be as speculative yeah. as you like because I think some of these I um, yeah I think they, they've got a few years off but they they feel inexorably headed to that point Dubravka yeah yeah maybe okay after all this Asmir Begovic is in my head Sergio Romero very much vying for the spot but I give you one more name Jack Talk Crystal Palace says to me Adrian in goal Adrian <laughs> how do you feel yeah big character he definitely fits the kind of like I think he'd kind of fancy it you know like he's he's played for he's played mm. for West Ham he's gone to be number two at Liverpool which is actually quite a hard job because when you do play you're under a lot of pressure uh, you can imagine him leaving Liverpool sort of with great wishes. With his head held high. How he was with his great, head held mm. high. Great around the dressing room. Yeah. Played a part in their title. Yeah, mm. big, big Instagram post to the fans. But now I'm off to go and pursue a new opportunity and be getting a huge hero's welcome at Fenerbahce. I'm torn. I'm torn here. I don't know what to do. Uh, Producer Dave, could you cast the uh, final vote here between the three? Asmir Begovic, Sergio Romero or Adrian, please? Uh... I'm going to go for Adrian. Producer Dave says Adrian for our number one spot. And I'm saying Besiktas, Jack. Yeah, I can see that. He'd fit. Okay, let's move into our defence. Charlie, I was really struggling for right backs, to be honest. Um, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Yeah, right back was hard. And this is maybe a bit controversial. He is still a good player. But uh, I've got Wan-Bissaka, who I can imagine in a few years... It hasn't worked out for him really, and f- and because he hasn't, it hasn't worked out at United. He's a bit damaged goods with other Premier League clubs, so no one's really coming in for him, or maybe can offer him as much as he can get elsewhere. And there's a club that are upward we mobile there in the Champions League. He wants to keep playing in the Champions League, and so he, um, yeah, he decides to make a, a move that everyone's a bit disappointed by. So I think, oh, could he not still be 
be doing it for a better club. What a waste. That does rely heavily on the Everton pathway not being open for a Manchester United sort of um, low-key underperformer. We'll bear that in mind. Jack, what are you thinking about for your right-back slot? So my initial thought was Carl Jenkinson, who I can just see looking (laughs) just baffled surrounded by Bursa Sport fans letting off fireworks but I just saw he's actually just gone to Melbourne City he's gone to Australia uh, yeah oh wow a very okay. different sort of move so if anything that makes it more likely for maybe. me because he's opening his horizons a bit but so the other name that I've got written down who I think would tick quite a lot of the boxes here in the sense that he was a good player he has played for good teams he's not that good anymore but people people have heard of him is Cedric Suarez great oh, shout yeah I do like that. yeah I do like that. Um, yes. That, that could be it. All I have to offer you are the De Silva twins. And the only decision we really have to make is are they playing against each other or alongside each other on different flanks? Fabio De Silva is at Nantes. Right. And Rafael is uh, back in Brazil, I believe. Right, okay. I love Cedric Suarez. I think that's so spot on. Okay. Well, let's not dawdle. Diminutive, stocky Arsenal right back, Cedric Suarez. It's but funny he because... Going, Charlie? Ah, ooh, Cedric Suarez. I mean, is he part I think of one of the big boys. Massive? Yeah, I think one of the big boys still at this point. I think Galatasaray and Arsenal are delighted to just get him off the wage books. But it's funny because I have, there are a few other Arsenal defend or ex-Arsenal defenders actually, who I think would be perfect for this. Like I, I think, are we doing left backs next, Adam? Or moving centre backs? Yeah. So I thought Kalasinac uh, would be a really good option. And again, to the point where I did have to check he hadn't been there on a kind of low-key loan, but I think all his low-key loans have been back to Germany. And he's now in France, actually, but I thought he, Kalasinac, feels perfect for, a, um, for for his next move. That, there. Is, that is a tremendous shout to kick us off with left-backs. Jack, what do you think? That's, be- that's better than what I've got. I've got Marcus Rojo, not even a natural left-back, but has played there. Uh, mm-hmm. And admittedly, because he's now back in Argentina with Boca, I don't know if he would come back to Europe for one last swing at it. But for me, he was kind of partnered in my mind with... He's played in the World Cup final. He's played for Man United for years. He's really famous. But I reckon Kalasinac is the one. Interesting. Um, what else do we have? Tom Vermeer says, Nuno Tavares looks destined to bomb down Fenerbahce's left-hand side in three years' time. Bit harsh, I'd say, to make that call right now. Potential spanner in the Kalasinac works here from Matt Lowe, Charlie. Alexander Kolarov. Inter to Trabzonspor, deal to the end of the season with an option for 12 months extension, scenes at Istanbul Airport. Come on. Yeah, no, that's uh, yeah, a similar sort of um, uh, kind of type of uh, left back, isn't it? Also, he's, six, he's 36 now. Kolarov has that like, 66. Kolarov has that sort of sense of the spectacular, which I think really is a big part of Turkish football. You know, I mean, Kolarov hasn't run for about 10 years, but it's all just about <laughs> banging it into the top corner from 40 smashing yards. Smashing the ball really smashing hard. A, exactly. Ripping a corner in. And yeah, uh, I yeah. reckon the fact I reckon that would work. You're weighing against the fact he's 36, against the fact he's still at Inter, which means he could still make that step, and it wouldn't be weird. So I'm inclined towards Alexander Kolarov. The only name I have left is from Mohamed Lone, who says I'd say Chelsea's Kennedy is a strong candidate to follow in the footsteps of Drinkwater, Jilabodji, Moses et al. Uh, he has that uncanny valley of being very good, but paradoxically not very good. A key feature of any Super League candidate, in his opinion. I'm still happy with Alexander Kolarov, though, Charlie. Well, I mean, I'm obviously pushing Kalasinac, but I, I'm very happy to go with Kolarov as well. That I'm is, really uh, sorry I, th- about I think, uh, no, no, I think uh, Kolarov would 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 do a great job there as well. I'll let you have one. Right, our all important centre back partnership. Uh, I'll kick you off, Jack, with Skodran Mustafi. Yes, he was on my list as well, and I think he he. If you're not going to have Kalasinac, he feels like a very similar alternative. Yeah, I think Mustafi's a great shout. The other name that I've got, who's maybe probably slightly slightly better than Mustafi but not 
is who I think would fit is Dejan Lovren. Oh. You know, mm. big big name, big character, not a perfect player, but and you know the fact he's now at Zenit St Petersburg shows he's not really at that top level. But I just reckon he'd I reckon he'd be really up. I reckon he'd bang up for it as his own football. Still only thirty two as well, so that puts him right in the picture. The thing is, he's probably on quite a lot of money at Zenit, mm. which would mean that it would maybe wouldn't so much be in his interest to to go off to to Turkey. I I, I wondered as well, Yeri Mina, who. Again, in the kind of eye-catchingness, mm. he's got the you know he scores quite a few go- you know a disproportionate yes. number of goals Very from centre back. Yeah, he does, he does those celebrations. Yes, yeah. it's probably going to wind down at some point at Everton when they pivot to you know another transfer strategy. So I thought he uh, he could be in the mix. I quite like that. I don't think my name's past muster at all. Now I've got Juan Foyth. Juan Foyth. I think he's a bit better than that. Okay. Um, yeah. I fear there's a crossroads coming in the career of Joachim Anderson, and he's either going to Spurs <laughs> or Turkey. <laughs> it really is 50 50, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Victor Lindelof. Lindelof is and good. Eric, Eric Bai, as previously discussed. But I feel like Yeri Mina edges out all of those. Yeah, I think with Mustafi, I think um, Mustafi was one of the first names on my team sheet. Yeah, I'm happy with that. He, he feels right. Mm. Okay, let's let's go for Yeri Mina nodding home and dancing a jig by a corner flag alongside Mustafi for our centre backs. Oh, look at that! That is wonderful. Brought to your ears by the Athletic. This is football cliches. Okay, into midfield now, where I have a list of about seventy-eight names. I'm going to try and take a whistle-stop tour through some of these, Jack, before I let you have a go. Uh, Jack Wilshire, who back in <laughs> August was being reported as uh, being in negotiations with Girison Spor. So he's in the picture, fantasy or otherwise. Ross Barkley, sort of going to traps on Spore, says Dan, mm. in a misguided attempt to force his way back into the England setup. James Rodriguez, Philip Coutinho, Arthur Mello. <laughs> yeah, that's really, really good. Um, to me, the I think James Rodriguez and Philip Coutinho might be slightly too good for now. Like, oh, that says yeah. James Rodriguez is playing the, in the Middle East now, isn't he? So maybe. Yeah. So he, I, I could just, totally I see him. Mm. Coutinho not there yet, but I think will will be there in two in two years. The names that I've got in midfield are probably slightly more sort of Premier League current, but I mean. Granite Jacket to me is an obvious one. Yeah, he, uh, he takes all the boxes. He's kind of you can tell he's quite good, but he also doesn't quite. At the same time, he doesn't quite fit uh, in a way. And he's also if you see the way that he rows with Arsenal fans and the kind of how fractious that relationship is, just imagine what it'd be like if he was at Galatasaray or wherever. So I've got mm. him. The other name who I've got who shares some things in common with Granite Xhaka, I'm sure Charlie might agree. Tangi Ndombele, who I think would be a sensation <laughs> in Turkey. Also, the thing about Ndombele is he ticks like maybe one of the most important boxes for this, which not a lot of players do, which is, on the one hand, he is obviously so ridiculously good at football. He is an insanely gifted footballer. And yeah, he just doesn't quite fit. Like the way that he plays and his approach, it doesn't, it's not really what modern coaches are looking for. Whereas I think kind of feel like in Turkey, he would get more leeway for the way his very like improvised personal way of playing the game mm-hmm. so those are okay i've got two okay let's let's plow those two furrows a little bit further charlie samuel thompson says granite chaka after arsenal finally become tired of his endless red cards he moves to galatasaray where he goes on to get a six-month ban for his role in a brawl against fenerbahce <laughs> um perhaps a little bit too cartoonish but i see but it really does it really does kind of burnish this situation i think i think we're happy i can this. so imagine him 
front and centre of a shoving match where there are there are flares and all sorts going off in the background, flags, and there's this massive he's battle. In, in that. He'd love it. Yeah. And he's all the posturing, he's kind of squaring up to it with his hands behind his yeah. back, like yeah. that, kind of willing them on to push him Named and maybe captain, shove. Like straight away for no shoves, reason. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He's okay. like absolutely the captain. Nailed on. Absolutely fine. Uh, bearded Caviar, meanwhile, says Tangy and Dombele is a thousand percent going to move to Fenerbahce from Leon when he's 31, where he'll only last one season before moving to Antalya Spore, where he will be their talisman for three successful seasons. He'll leave there aged 35 to go and play for Strasbourg. Um, I think for detail alone, for detail alone, I'm tempted to have this. The other in the kind of Xhaka, there's the sort of Romeo, Oriel Romeo, um, Milivojevic types of kind of quite hardy centre mid speaking of Milivojevic Collins Bean says I can already picture Luka Milivojevic patrolling the halfway line in a Fenerbahce shirt and getting into double figures of goals from the penalty spot as a result of spot kicks won by Nicolas Pepe on loan from Arsenal <laughs> <laughs> um, but we can't we, I don't think we can we can't have we can't have Shaka and Milivojevic I think so we, we've got our sitter no, yeah. in theory our nominal sitter we've got our kind of misunderstood mercurial talent so what are we left with for that third spot Charlie what do we need well yeah I mean then it's whether you have another sort of Adele Terrapt uh, type a kind of more attacking midfield like him Bufau the guy who's at Southampton I thought of as well in a kind of he's really skillful not really sure how good he is seems really technical and talented but maybe not in um in the right system, Max Meyer, I guess more attacking, but it turns out he's already gone. I was, I thought that was, a, I thought that was a great shout. And then possibly, I do think, could there be like a Lingard or a Deli Ali to play to to kind of re-energize their career as a number eight yeah. um, alongside Xhaka and Ndombele. Yeah, Jones- Lingard especially, I wonder about. Yeah, Reese Jones, Jack says bonus random Englishman is Deli Ali rebuilding at Traps on Sport. A little, is it far fetched? Do you think he would do that? I. I just can't. I feel like he would still get a little bit of mileage in England. Well, have, he will for have, now, but it depends on the next move. Yeah, goes. Uh, I have got. I, I've got Deli Ali written down in in my personal team. I didn't have Lingard. I think in practical terms, Lingard is likelier, just in the sense that Lingard's out of contract this summer, and you can see it. Whereas I think Delhi is probably a good maybe a year or two away from it. But I think they would both fit because that you know they would both see it as an opportunity to play football and score goals and. I think the fans would like them. So, yeah. What about Ross Barkley? Yeah, Ross Barkley, that is that 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 does tick those boxes and he's maybe further along that path just because he's had quite a few loans already it feels like. Certainly had that one at Villa last season, didn't he? Midfield is so tricky here. There are so many good names. Donny van der Beek, Nemanja Matic, Lucas Matic, Moura. Yeah. Fred is another one. I thought potentially yeah. could fit in as a midfielder. Czech Republic, David Luiz look like Alex Kraul. <laughs> Saul Niguez. <laughs> Mm. Um, still in China, Oscar. I don't know about the. I don't know about what this does for our tactics, and I don't know how much we care about tactics. Perhaps we should touch on it slightly. But here's a couple of adventurous names for you, Jack. Billy Grimmel says Felipe Anderson is destined to join Galatasaray, scoring 15 goals across two seasons before a return to the Premier League in 2025 with a loan to a struggling West Brom side. The ultimate <laughs> Premier League unfinished business redemption. How do you feel about this? I had to re- I had to remember who Felipe Anderson was, and it's like, oh yeah, the West Ham guy. 
Okay. <laughs> that is a good shout, though. Okay, let's give you a more familiar name then. Pete Martin. Pete Martin says 31-year-old Manuel Lanzini signing on a free from Felibarche, scoring twice on his debut, won a beautiful half volley from the edge of the box, shows glimpses over the next 18 months before returning to River Plate on loan after a disappointing return of six goals and two assists in 49 games. Tell me otherwise, Jack, because I'm going to go for Manuel Lanzini if you don't. Uh, I'm not going to tell you otherwise. I think Lanzini's a perfect shout. He sits exactly in that in that kind mm. of bracket of good but not too good not he's very good but he's not too good he's not so good that he won't end up in turkey and like jack was saying earlier with the way you could spin certain players can you describe him as an argentina international has he got caps yeah he's probably got enough that you can say you know we've signed an argentina super well if he hadn't had that knee injury i think he would have had a very different career like he would have got i think it cost him the 2018 world cup i think and uh it's a shame because he's not as but because of that his career is kind of in that it's like a trajectory that ends up in Galatasaray, really. I feel like we might have nailed our midfield here, Charlie, but I've still got some more names to throw at you because it's so competitive, <laughs> this field. Dan McCarthy, you might feel otherwise about this, but Spurs' Brian Hill will enjoy a very productive loan at Fenerbahce, scoring 9 in 28. This will earn him a return to Spain, likely with Villarreal, where he enjoys a Europa League-laden career. Now, uh, you look like Brian Hill, uh, Charlie. Tell us about him. <laughs> well, I used to. Yeah, I don't see that. So much. I certainly see the Spain part. I don't know if there'd be that if then if there would be or needs to be that bridge in Turkey necessarily. Okay, I trust. I, d- I don't. I don't think he's at the point where he needs to rebuild himself. I think teams in Spain would quite happily take him without Turkey. Fair enough. Fair enough. Greg Seward Jack says Adnan Yanazai is destined for the Super League. Basak Shahir in the Europa League. I do like it. I like it. He's got that classic, like, former boy wonder thing. It's him or Lanzini for me. Yeah. Like Bojan. What's happened to Bojan? Bojan. Is he, 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 Bojan's a player. Is Where he's... is Bojan Kirkic? Let's he... find out. Because he's the original kind of, or not original, but he's kind of in my mind, yeah. I think, of I think he might boy retired. wonder. He's in Japan with Vissel Kobe. Uh, Has he played in Turkey? No. <laughs> wow. Now you're thinking really... of Stoke. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did, did play for them. Yeah. Well, in that case, if you're if you're continuing to to dismiss these uh, Spurs legends, uh, you might not like Adam Sykes' suggestion of Giovanni Lo Celso. That I can more see. Yeah. Adana Demirspor. I tell, tell you what, the clincher here is actually Jack. As good as Lo Celso's potential credentials are for the Super League, I can vividly imagine already Manuel Lanzini's unveiling picture on Twitter for whichever Turkish club he signs for, and I think that might be the clincher. I can see his face. <laughs> not that I can remember what he looks like, but I can see. His face in that graphic, that over-designed graphic. Can't you? He's like a little skinny guy, big beaming smile. He'd be yeah. happy, ca- you know, carried out of uh, Ataturk Airport on the shoulders of the fans. <laughs> Saw that. Yeah, COVID permitting. Yeah, I'm happy with this midfield: Granit Xhaka, <laughs> Tangi and Dombele, and Manuel Lanzini. Not very European wide, I should say. Let's try. Let's try and remedy that up front. Oh God, these are quite uh, Premier League heavy, but you know, yeah, I'm sure we can. Let's let's do our best. Okay, uh, in customary style, Charlie, I'm going to throw several names at you and see which ones stick. Luke Dion, Andrea Bellotti, and Alexandre okay, yeah. Lacazette. Nice. Yes. All of those are really good. Can certainly see Lacazette holding out for a contract, not getting one that he wants, but then a Turkish club being willing to offer him quite a lot yeah. and and for a length of time as well mm. because it's it's such a big signing for them. Uh, yeah, Belotti, can totally imagine that. Uh, De Jong. I mean, what, one who's not an out-and-out striker, but I thought Richarlison, I can so imagine in Turkey. Mm. Um, he feels a few years off that, like, but that's his kind of natural destination. Benteke was another one. Um, I mean, I know because Batshuayi's there already. Yeah. And, he, and that Batshuayi feels like a really good 
template in some ways but yeah I mean Bellotti if we're trying to move away from being too Premier League centric I think that is that's definitely a good option Rondon as well obviously I know there are so many good names Rondon really jumps out Jack so yeah. many shouts from it was almost too obvious yeah so many shouts for Salomon Rondon Alexandre Pato who I would argue in the process of this elimination is probably past that point yeah yeah if we've been talking five years ago Pato yeah. Igalo um Audio mm. uh, Nagalo, another yeah, option. Maybe Jack. Let's 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 dwell on Christian Benteke's credentials for a short while. The Newton Sammy says he's nailed on for this. Can already see him heading over the bar from six yards after a delightful cross from Adnan Yanazai. <laughs> there he is again, <laughs> Yanazai. Marco J says Christian Benteke. Nobody's really sure where he transferred from or even where he goes during six months of the year. But you can bet your house that in five years he will haunt Tottenham's kids in the Europa League for a team you've never heard of. <laughs> Eupspor. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see Benteke. I think he, uh, I think he'd fit as well. Like he would fit in with the football. It would, um, and he's also kind of like permanently semi-famous by, by virtue of being pretty good at the start of his career and then playing for Liverpool. I can see him getting him back amongst the twenty goal mark, Charlie, in Turkey, mm. and that would do wonders for his career. A revive? Could he then even come back mm. as a it? sort of emer- emergency January loan again? You know, Big Sam's got one last gig at a promoted club who are in dire straits and they Benteke gets the call. I think this is the beauty of this 11. We're thinking two steps ahead, which we we don't often do. We this, mm. is, this is the thing about this league. It it's not an end point necessarily. You, it can catapult you, it can slingshot you back into where into where you really want to be. How about this Jack from Ben Winter? Alexander Mitrovic de Besiktas in January 2024 on an initial loan obligation to buy after firing Fulham to safety in 22-23 against all odds, only to fall out of favour with the new manager after his goal drought contributes to Marco Silva seeing the exit door after losing the first 10. Mitro just screams Besiktas. He's so, you can see the come to Besiktas video. Uh, I can see him in the Vodafone arena in that black and white shirt. Maybe that's because I think he would have worn mm. the Parson Belgrade. It's just so... And, and Fulham. He's played only, only, almost only yeah. for black and white teams with the exception <laughs> of Andalect. He's just pure, yeah... Mitrovic is just pure Turkish league. He's he's like a big number nine. He throws his weight around on the pitch. He roughs up defenders. He gets in fights. He's also like, and he just like <laughs> fucking loves it. Like he just loves being a big charismatic guy. You can see him like whipping up the fans. It's all there. Literally the words I was about to say. Word for word verbatim. L- listeners, I'm doing that like thing where you th- throw yeah. your arms over just your head. Just for winning a corner. To, uh, incite yeah, yeah exactly. It's, just, it's not exactly even for Scott. It's, yeah, it's, you've just got a bit of pressure on them. Also, it's so perfect. I can see it sooner. I can even see it this time next year after uh, he, he doesn't score in the early weeks of their Premier League campaign and falls out with the manager at that point and then is agitating for a move and they reach a January compromise. Okay, uh, these aren't necessarily set in stone, but let's let's just recap here. We've got a kind of, kind of rifling centre-forward type in Alexander. Andre Lacazette, we have a kind of all-action target man, kind of lightning rod for controversy in Alexandra Mitrovic. But I, so I feel like we need a daintier option. But before we get onto that, this name doesn't necessarily fit Charlie, but I do like the detail we've been given. Travis Newton says Andy Carroll. He has the injury record, just not sure he's the right <laughs> cultural fit. And football commentary's Nigel Adderley continues. Andy Carroll, with Mario Goetze in behind, could reignite wow. Genshler Beligi's hopes of returning to the top flight. I like the idea of Carroll going on a kind of pay-as-you-play In the, it's sort of the Turkish basis. second tier. That would be, I that mean, would be quite good. That would be sensational. Can you imagine... 
how good an interview that would yeah. be. Yeah, it's an absolute <laughs> slam dunk of a feature, that's for sure. Carol but, feels revitalised. Yeah, he? just just not for our team, sadly. Um, Jack, let's indeed think about our kind of more diminutive options. Matt Parsons, whose Twitter handle is actually at Matty Parsons. So figure out which one <laughs> you want to be, mate. Are you a Matt or are you a Matty? Anyway, nonetheless, he says. Jordan Shakiri is surely only one move away from Galatasaray. What do we think? Yeah, I've got Shakiri written down. I think he's perfect. He's also like creative and exciting and commits players. And he, he takes a lot of the kind of flair boxes. Like he's not a kind of Quaresma, Simao type. But he's not that far off. Uh, so yeah, I could definitely see Shakiri flourishing over there. So like Frank Ribery was it was uh, Galatasaray for a bit, wasn't he? And um... Yeah, absolutely. Um, Charlie, I've got three cast iron candidates for you now you mentioned uh, Richarlison earlier I still feel he's got an elite move left him I think Richarlison's too good sorry yeah I'd say he's too good but what about Alan Finn's suggestion Charlie Joe Linton to Fenerbahce it feels so right that I had to double check he didn't already had a have a brief spell there um, I wouldn't go that far but it's it's on the cards. Yeah, he's his slight renaissance may okay uh, if you if you'd asked me this question six months ago <laughs> I'd have said Absolutely, where do I sign? Now, still definitely in the mix, but not quite such a slam dunk okay. because I think he, he is still a valued, he's now a valued Premier League player. No, well dealt with, well dealt with. Okay, I'm going to try this one more time. Hoon says, Steven Bergvine, absolutely nailed on for this, playing in a front three, later moving back to the Netherlands after a series of frustratingly injury hit season. You're not sure, are you? You're not having it. It could be. No, <laughs> I, I, I can I can envisage what's being described there. All right. Uh, I still think it's maybe a little bit off, Fine. a little way off. No, I trust. A little too far off. I trust your expertise. You, this is your day to day. This is your bread and butter. If you don't see it, you don't see it. Okay, one more name, and I'm going back to Jack. Andre Yarmolenko. Yeah, I think Yarmolenko's a must. Good. He's a must. He's got. He's got it all. He's got. He's a flair player. He's not really cut out for like the intensity of being a top six team in the Premier League. But he's also like, you know, quite a big name in his own way. He's played for Dinamo Kiev. He's played for Dortmund. Uh, and I can totally see him like doing some skills, pop it, like bending one into the opposite top corner, <laughs> turning away, getting bottles and lighters thrown at him by the home fans, uh, all that stuff. I think he would, I think Yarmolenko would actually really relish that challenge. Charlie, I can kind of picture this in the context of, say, if they get past Scotland and qualify for the World Cup. Him sort of popping up on the screen in a group game that I'm half watching. And I think, where's he playing? And then it suddenly mm. pops up just underneath and Karaguchi or something like that. And I think, oh, interesting. Didn't know that. So Yarmolenko's in, I think. The question is, who does he replace? Lacazette, Mitrovic or Shakiri? Maybe Lacazette, because we've got a couple of Arsenal old boys already, haven't we? Yeah. I also think Lacazette... I can see Lacazette in a Fenerbahce shirt. I think Lacazette's a bit yeah, too good, sure. at least right now. I but I just don't know where... Good, I don't know where he goes for the kind... Like, for what he wants. I think that'll be quite... And for, like, a length of contract. I think for... They, they can give him that security of... Uh, a slightly longer deal. Yeah, maybe maybe it is a little bit too premature. James Kent, going full circle on this podcast, James Kent, Charlie, says, Lewis Graben has an unsuccessful <laughs> move to Gaziantep, which sees his contract cancelled after six months 
amidst acclaims of unpaid wages. Um, actually, quite a good shout in many ways because it would make a good case for the Turkish Super League as the best way to escape the gravity of being too good for the Championship, not good enough for the Premier League. That's your only way out, isn't it? Stuck in that orbit. I mean, that's what's fun. A lot of these players, and I was thinking this with Yarmolenko, you know who those guys who are, and, and Lacazette has a clear lack of pace. Yarmolenko is very predictable in what he does. You kind of feel you can get away with some of those imperfections. Uh, in the Turkish Super League and I wonder then yeah the same sort of thing if you are in that dead space between Champions League Championship and Premier League I mean Lewis Graben I should say as well is one of these players who I hear talked about so much and I must confess to actually knowing very very little he's just an, he's, he seems sort of omnipresent very few he seems players. to straddle very few players so many... so vividly in theory as Lewis yeah. Graben the new yeah. Jordan Rhodes in that sense yeah I think so yeah, yeah, yeah I think so just, I'm not sure I'd recognise him on the street. I, I, have we overlooked Salomon Rondon? I think he, I think he and Mitrovic are battling it out here. I, I mean, Rondon was one of the first names for me to the point where it was, it was almost too obvious. But I don't know if that should count against him. The fact that it was, it felt so clear cut. Is, is Mitrovic is going, isn't he? Isn't he? I would go for Mitrovic over Rondon because I think, well, Mitrovic is younger. Rondon's already had like his time at Dalian Professional and come back and now be not very good for Everton. <laughs> and I mean, it, maybe he could get in Hatay Spore if they wanted Mame Biramdu, Ayobel Kabi and Rondon up front. Three big men. But I think that if you're a kind of Galatasaray fan of Bacce Besiktas, you're much more, I think Mitro is a much more exciting signing. Yeah, we can't have three big men. But okay, okay. I've got one more for you. Charlie... This is from Matt Q. He says, I can't look beyond Divock Origi. Cult hero at Anfield, but the lure of regular first-team football will just be too tempting. That is good. That is good. <laughs> I mean, because I, I, I used to think of Batshuayi as a sort of super sub at Chelsea a bit. And and obviously, I mean, Batshuayi scored the league clinching golden knee, and obviously Origi is known for these incredible moments it does make some sense as well because he's so synonymous with Liverpool. I think it would be quite sad if he did move to a palace or somewhere where, he, to be honest, he'd probably end up being a super sub there. So it might be better if he, uh, in, in an entirely selfish way, so that we can just remember him for those few magical moments. He was kind of out of sight, out of mind. And then he pops up like... like um, with Yarmolenko and you think oh yeah what's that happened to Yeah, you've painted the picture for me so well here do you know what Jack I think I'm taking out Jordan Shakiri and I'm putting in Divock Origi there it is can I just offer um, one more name which I think probably wouldn't fit but would just be a sensational story and I would love to I would love to watch Jamie Vardy <laughs> can you just imagine how good that would be I don't know what his contract situation is at Leicester at the moment. He's obviously still really good. But there's just something about how up for it Vardy is, how dangerous he is. They would love him. The the fans would adore... Like, Vardy's really popular abroad. And I would the idea of seeing Vardy playing for, like, a big Turkish team and getting, like, a four-year contract at the age of 36, 37, and just, like, still continuing to race in behind onto a through ball and smash it in the top corner, I think would just be thrilling. So dancing over the back netting as he, as he celebrates. Yeah. And then wind the fans up. Yeah, he's exactly. He's so good at winding fans up. He would absolutely love that. The ultimate test for the Vardy wind-up celebration. Uh, a factual spanner in that works though, Jack, because he has a stake in aspirational US soccer side, Rochester, New York FC. And the story supposedly is, is that's where he's going to go and see out the sort of t- very, very tail end of his career when he's finally done. Because he's, uh, yeah, he part owns Rochester, formerly known as Rochester Rhinos, Rochester Raging Rhinos. I'm sure you're right. I just love the the image of him 
mm. at the uh, Turk Telecom Arena, kind of hur- <laughs> hurdling the hurdling the advertising boards after scoring and running around the back of the goal. It would just be incredible. I do like this, Jack. I won't put him in my team, but I do like it because it is something of an incredible throwback. I can see Vardy at Besiktas in kind of the late 80s, early 90s. Because if you look at the list of English players that have played in Turkey, it's a very, very specific kind of calibre of, of English strikers. Almost, they're all very England B. You've got Dalian Atkinson, Kevin Campbell. You've got Les Ferdinand, who admittedly... But, you know, this was right at the start of his career when he was really coming, coming through. Cameron Jerome went to mm. Gos Tepe. In 2018. And he's exactly in that between the Premier League and Championship mm. yeah. um, space. Darius Vassell, of course. Daniel Sturridge at Trabzonspor in 2019. So, and don't forget Dean Saunders at Galatasaray. Mm. Lest we forget. So Vardy, Vardy's an incredible shout. I just think he would stand out like a sore thumb in this team. But I do <laughs> like him as an honourable mention. Maybe we can have him on the bench. Oh, look at that! That is wonderful! Brought to your ears by The Athletic. This is football cliches. So I think we've now done our forward line. So let's recap this 11 and see how happy we are with it. If we want to make any tweaks, let's do it after this. In goal, Adrian. A back four of Cedric Suarez, Alexander Kolarov, Skodran Mustafi and Yeri Mina. In midfield, Granit Xhaka, Tangi Ndombele, Manuel Lanzini. And up front, Alexander Mitrovic, Divock Origi and Andriy Yarmolenko. Lovely stuff. Happy with that? Very. It's a it's that a good mix. Pure. It's a good mix of personalities at the very least. Good luck managing that lot. <laughs> yeah. Now producer Dave has made a very very good point here. Now we've run through that team. It is a little bit too all star, Charlie. What we're lacking, and I think we were on the right track with Vardy, despite the fact he's he's been elite level. What we are lacking is a kind of English. British player who's kind of lost his way a little bit and is going over to Turkey not just to reignite his career if possible but to kind of kind of seek a new lifestyle and you know get interviewed about how how comfortable life is over there and how he's enjoyed it and he's settled in quite nicely so with that in mind I want to take Divock Origi out but who are we putting in? Well I think we need somebody who exists in that kind of liminal space between the Premier League that like too good for the championship may, can't really make much of an impact in the Premier League Someone like someone like that who could find that Turkey is a better home for them to, you know, earn big money and still make a big impact. And for me, right now, the ultimate too good for the championship, not quite good enough for the Premier League striker, is Dwight Gale. Oh, okay. Yes. Deadly in the championship. Yes. Great like shout. Slightly like not that. too effective in the Premier League, arguably. I can just see Dwight Gale getting, you know, coming to the end of his time at Newcastle, offer on the table from a Turkish team, maybe not one of the very biggest ones. Goes over there and runs riot, running in behind, <laughs> banging in goals. Sivaspor, yeah. Kayserispor, Gaziantepspor, yeah, Kasim Pasa. Terrifying yeah, defenses. So that, I love it. There is there is a kind of there is a there is a fascinating depth to the Turkish Super League, and that that kind of that 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 very comfortable belly of the Super League. <laughs> He's really shouting would, out would for he, Dwight Gale here. It's interesting that you think he'd do really well. I mean, because I, I, I kind of sometimes worry for those players. They get so used to, I don't know, becoming a sort of impact sub and not doing all that much. So that just kind of carries on to it. Like sort of happened to Sean Wright Phillips later on in his career. He just became a sort of perennial sub. But I'd, I'd hope that Dwight Gale would go and find his, find his level and tear it up. Perfect. But it's a great option to have. Yeah, perfect. He's in. Right. 
So we have our team. Let's recap it one more time. In goal, Adrian, a back four of Cedric Suarez, Alexander Kolarov, Skodran Mustafi and Yeri Mina. In midfield, Granit Xhaka, Tangi and Dombele, Manuel Lanzini. And up front, finally, Alexander Mitrovic, Andrei Yarmolenko and Dwight Gale. Really get That is a better balance. Yeah, that is there's a better texture balance. there. We've, yeah. we've, we've told yeah. all the stories, haven't we? That's perfect. But we have one more thing. Guys, we need a manager. Oh, yeah, I've, I've got a thought here. <laughs> Rafa Benitez. Oh, I did not see that coming. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I didn't either. It came to me quite late. Jack but, um Yeah, I got I got Rafa as well. I think he he's what he's got. He's got you know he's got an incredible CV. Obviously, okay. what you know won the Champions League, won the FA Cup, won La Liga, won the Europa League. Play, managed all sorts of big teams across the world. Yeah. And also, I think he I think he'd love it as well. You know, he's. He's maybe not kind of at the very, very top level of European football anymore, but mm. he can he could damn well organise a defence. And also, <laughs> so, he, he's also like, he loves, one thing, even though Rafa's not a very theatrical man, I do think mm, he loves mm. the theatre of football. <laughs> he loves like having 50,000 people like worship him. Yeah, he loved his yeah. role at Newcastle, didn't he? And, uh, but crucially savior. also doesn't seem to give an overt shit about being barracked by 50,000 people at the yeah. same time. <laughs> just sort of stands there in his, in his waistcoat, just looking like he's still in reasonable control of the things that are going on around him, which I think also quite crucial for Turkey. So, Jack, this is more important than our players. Who's he managing? Where is he going? Because Galatasaray looks like a hugely good option at the moment. They're three points clear of the relegation zone. They look like, you know, Fatih Tarim has left. It's time for, yeah, it's, it could be time for a reset there. I actually don't really know what's going on in the Turkish league at the moment, so I can't really help you too much with this. But Galat, I mean, Galatasaray is like everybody's idea in their head. I think he'd be at one of these. He'd be at one of <laughs> Yeah, the realistically, Rafa's, so not, Rafa's not going to go and manage, t- he's not going to go manage one of these small Turkish teams. No, he's gonna go he, to he, he is so at the level now of managing a top Turkish team, and you would see, you'd see him in the Champions League, and they might pull off they might beat United 2-0 at home in Turkey and the fans are there and United look clueless and then there's a lot of talk of Rafa Benitez he's good enough to be in the Premier League still I'm sorry with his experience someone's got to be looking at that tonight and saying we need to get Rafa back and they're interviewing him after the game saying Rafa is there a sense of um, is there a sense of kind of revenge perhaps is there a sense of justice done with this win over a Premier League team and then he sort of you know just casually dismiss it saying no it's not really what I'm about actually I I just can't get the image out of my head of uh, Alexander Kolarov launching it from the back Mitrovic jumps up wins the header with Lindelof little flick Dwight Gale races in behind. Dwight Gale in the Champions races League. Races in behind into the space left by Aaron Wan-Bissaka. <laughs> runs onto the ball, smacks it into the far top corner. The Ali Sami Yen Stadium goes wild. Gale races around the back of the goal celebrating, mobbed by Yarmolenko, Granit Xhaka and Lanzini. And uh, Rafa Benitez records a famous European win over Manchester United. Well, and also, and then the analysis, I tell you what, there are a lot of Premier League chairmen will be looking at that tonight. Oh, they, sh- they should be. Anyway, they should be looking at that and saying, you know, we, we've got to do everything we can to get this guy back. Right, fantastic. Picture painted. Rafa Benitez is indeed our manager. Just edging out my Portuguese duo of Jose Mourinho or Paulo Sousa. So happy with all of that. Well done, everybody. Charlie, thanks, big man. Thank you so much. That was that was fantastic. And Jack, thanks, big man. Thanks, big man. <laughs> see you later, everyone. We'll see you next week. The Athletic.